Welcome to the Jesse Garcia Show, your half hour home for politics, culture, and art, where we bring you a new story about your world in every episode. Today's guest is Dr. Nancy Vera, a lifelong teacher turned education advocate who's taking on right wing groups trying to undermine public education. Thank you for following the Jesse Garcia Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. For more information about the podcast, visit jessegarciashow.com. Being a public school educator in Texas is hard. Teachers face oversized classrooms to meet demand. Operating a classroom is tough because Texas spends less than the national average on educating children. And to make matters worse, teacher pay also ranks below the national average if you have been in the field for quite some time. But that's not the worst of it. No, in Texas, teachers have to worry about overzealous parents and community groups. Teachers and librarians face censorship, calling to question their judgment of materials they want to include in the curriculum and books that they want to include in their libraries. Teachers are being targeted if they are LGBTQ, and these extremists are looking for ways to remove them from school. We are seeing taxpayer funding for public schools that brought a lot of us up being siphoned off into charter schools. And for those advocates who speak out about this injustice, like today's guest, Dr. Nancy Vera, they face intimidation, threats, and even dangerous attempts on their lives. Dr. Nancy Vera knows how to handle classroom bullies, and she's ready to take on those bullies who hold elected office. I want to welcome to the show a tireless advocate from the Texas Coastal Bend community and my dear friend, Dr. Nancy Vera. Dr. Vera has spent her entire career ensuring that children and teachers have access to the best education system. And now this great speaker and educator will talk to us about how she and her allies are defending public education from hate, privatization, and those who wish to rewrite history. Welcome to the show, Dr. Vera. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate this because the more people we have educated about what's going on, especially right here in South Texas, which which seems to be like a hub uh, for some of these extremist groups and haters, uh, the more attention we bring to it, maybe it'll encourage others to get involved and become more active. Yeah, they need to rise up and stand up. Um, yeah. It takes a really special person to be leading the movement and, like you said, in basically ground zero where all these people are are organizing. But before we get to that, I want folks to know a little bit about you, how you started your journey in the education world. Uh, so tell us, tell the listeners about yourself. Well, first of all, I grew up in Corpus Christi, Texas, which I consider the hub of Mexican-American history because LULAC was founded here in Corpus Christi, the American GI form, and we had a desegregation lawsuit, Cisneros versus the CCISD Board of Education in the 1970s, that uh, kind of uh, inspired me as a little girl to get into education, to find out what was going on in the community, because I knew there was a lot of racism and discrimination back then. And it was then that I started to learn a little bit about myself and where I was going in terms of my uh, uh, my uh, LGBTQIA plusness. And so uh, all of that, I think, triggered me into 
trying to figure out a way to help others and to educate others in a better way. So that's what I why I went into education. I was working for the Corpus Christi Caller Times during my college years, and I um, I was going to be a copy editor, you know, writing the headlines, exactly. editing the, the and all of that. And the and they said they offered me a job there right after graduating from college. And the editor of the newspaper at the time uh, came up to me and he said, are you going to stay with us or are you going to be teaching? Because teaching is for the birds. And he made me so angry about that that I said, I'm going to teach. And that's why I started to teach. I teach English, language arts, debate, drama, communication, all of that. Do you ever have like uh, a moment where you're like, this is the best profession that I should have, that this is the right career path? Yes, I, I, I did. Uh, and it didn't come until about 20 years into it uh, when I uh, taught for about five years, then left and started doing this kind of work that I'm doing now, organizing mm -hmm. advocacy for the teachers, advocacy for others. And then I came, I, I left Corpus Christi. I came back to Corpus Christi about 10 years later, and I found this is where I need to be with the children, with the students, because they're the ones that need the help. This is where we have the highest need uh, in Corpus Christi. Corpus Christi is a high need area. Uh, Jesse, as you know, we have the highest diabetes rate, highest, some of the highest poverty rates, yes. domestic violence. All of that is going on here. And I thought to myself, do I want to stay in my hometown where I have family and all of that, or do I want to go somewhere else? Well, I figured that it would be best to come back home and teach. And I was fortunate enough and blessed enough to teach at one of the one of the best high schools, but one of the high schools that has the most uh, need, and that was Roy Miller High School, uh, home of the Badland Bucks. And I think I did a lot of good there. I'm thinking that because the students still come up to me and say, I remember you, Dr. Meta. And I said, well, good for you. Uh, yes, I that, it is a special career because I still remember all my teachers. So it's almost like it, that's the one benefit of being an educator is that you are going to make such an impact on the lives of so many children that they'll remember you for years to come. Whether you're a good teacher, tough teacher, bad teacher, fun teacher, you'll always be remembered. Um, yes. Teachers nowadays is taking on a lot of roles. I mean, you're not only just teaching to the kid, but you're also, you're, you're, you're identifying to see if they're abused. You're there to kind of like see how to gauge them, to see, you know, if they might have a medical issue or if they, they need a mental health. You know, you, you, you take on so many roles, almost yes. sort of like a social worker. Have you yes. seen, how has teaching changed over the years? Well, I would say that most recently it's changed uh, coming back from the COVID pandemic. We're experiencing, especially in the lower grade levels like kinder and pre-kinder, uh, more violent behavior uh, manifested from the children. And that is uh, stabbing uh, other students in the hand with a pencil or becoming so violent that they start throwing deaths around. That's highly unusual for yeah. a young, young child in pre-K or kindergarten to do. And that is a big challenge. And we're also seeing the challenge in that many parents are not conveying positive social skills to their children and are allowing children to do what they want and as they please and which which manifests itself in the classroom. Where And the, and the problem with that is that 
yes, as teachers, we can work with that and we can try to, to teach the child. But when a child exhibits that kind of behavior it, in a classroom, and they often do, uh, it takes away from the education of the other children. And that's a problem because in some of these cases, the actual class has to be taken out of the room if the child is exhibiting this violent behavior. And so that means that they have to be in the hallway or outside or somewhere where they'll be safe so that this child will not hurt them in any way so that for their own safety. So that's how I think it's changed a little bit. Um, and God bless you all that you all have to just come up with new policies and ways to um, help raise these children correctly. Because that's yes. you're like the third parent or in some case, the second or only parent that this child has to learn manners and to learn how to, uh, uh, a way of conducting themselves. Uh, yes. I just I just think it's just, it's just really sad, especially when teachers are chronically underpaid. I mean, there's, there's legislation that's being considered of giving uh, an annual salary of just over 61,000, a minimum for teachers and, uh, I'm sorry, 60,000, 60,000 yes. um, in some federal funding. How do you feel about that? I think that would be wonderful. Of course, in our case, we have uh, in Texas, we just had some proposals that were made through the Texas legislature, some bills, and it looks like the legislature just recently, in fact, last couple of days, has decided that they don't want to fund raises for teachers. And not only do they not want to fund raises, but in the retirement, uh, they don't want to increase the retirement. And and uh, and the fact is that those teachers who have retired have not seen a raise in about 15 years. So they get a, they just get the regular. So at the, if, if we can get something at the federal level, that will certainly help us. That will help us tremendously, as long as the money is allotted for what they say it's going to be allotted. In Texas, you know, uh, we deny uh, uh, money uh, if if there's some political uh, uh, snafu or if there's a if Governor Abbott doesn't like something, he will deny any type of help. And that's the problem here is the extremists have taken over Texas and we're in a bind right now in education and in, in safety in all of that. And yeah, uh, just trying their best. Let's talk about this governor, because he's called for everything from banning books to changing how current events and America's race history the way it, it's taught in Texas and supports vouchers for school choice. How have these positions affected public educators in the community? Well, as you can see, Jesse, uh, just from what you can see in the news is that uh, teachers are exiting or uh, leaving the teaching profession. And we're having a very difficult time maintaining just classroom teachers to teach the children. But to me, this is nothing more than uh, Abbott's white flight. And I'm saying that because he is wanting these charter schools to make money on the backs of our children, right, with our tax dollars, because in right. Texas, in Texas, uh, children in public schools are given a smaller percentage when charter schools are giving a, given 100% funding for the children that they teach. That's so inequitable. It's so wrong. And this man is facilitating it. So not only those children who are of privilege go into these new schools, which I consider a white flight, it, and they leave the children who are uh, in most need in our public schools. 
And we know good and well that we need money to fund our teachers. We need money to fund their salaries. We need money to fund the, the resources and the necessities of a child in our classroom and in our care. And that's not just that's not being done by Governor Abbott. He's abusive. He's being negligent. And he is just being he's out of touch. He has his own agenda, just like he had his own agenda regarding the uh, right for women to choose whether or not what to do with their bodies, just like he's out of line with the way that he's treating the LGBTQIA plus community. This is no game. And it's it's all intent and strategic, I think, on the part of Governor Abbott. He needs to go. But as long as we stay complacent, Jesse, and that is, and and I hate to blame people for this, but it's true. As long as they stay complacent, don't speak up or speak out or go vote, then this is what we're going to have to deal with, I think, for decades to come. A recent poll found that people, you know, this is right before, um, as this legislative, legislative session is taking place in Texas, which takes place every odd year. They take a year off and then every odd year, and like 2023, they go back. When they were going back, there was a poll that went out by the Charles Butt Foundation mm-hmm. um, that said the public supported teacher raises. They wanted an increase in public school funding, but they were split on 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 voucher-like programs. They kind of like were unsure about the voucher situation. But right now, Texas has a historic surplus. And for some reason or other, like you said, the governor has just chosen not to send and divert any of those funds to public education. Right, because he's diverting them to his pet uh, pet uh, projects. He, um, when we're talking about public education versus charter schools, it's it's unfortunate because I can't just blame Abbott because he's a Republican. We have Democrats who have sold out to this. I, I we just went to. Um, to Austin, a few teachers, I was, we took about 50 teachers from the Corpus Christi American Federation of Teachers to Austin. And we were talking to one of our local legislators here from Corpus Christi and Corpus Christi area and the Rio Grande Valley. Yeah. And we said, we expressed our concern for these vouchers or these, uh, these charter schools. And he says, that's already a done deal. We can't. When we had just come out of another session, a group, an assembly where three representatives from other parts of the state, I think there was one from Austin, two from Austin and one from Houston who said we needed to stop all this. But see, as long as we have turncoats in the Democratic Party who are not going to stick to what we need in terms of public education, we're not going to succeed. All our children are not going to get an equitable education. There will be no inclusivity. And I resent that actually, Jesse. Um, I think it's, it's absurd that here we are electing people we trust who say they're gonna do this, this and the other, and then they turn around and say, yeah, but let me have what I want personally, and then you can have what you want later on. But right now, I'm, I'm dealing with my life right now. And this is interesting because, you know, I watch Western sometimes, Jesse, at home. <laughs> I, and uh, I see that they're misogynistic and all of that. But of course, yeah. one of the things that was very interesting to me that this, this uh, show that was taped in the 1950s and 60s, there in the script, it said that businesses were doing the most they could 
to get as much money, extract as much money from any project. So, for example, if they're building a building, they use the cheapest materials possible or substandard materials. That's what we're experiencing right now is this corruption among many people who have been elected to our to office. And that is just very sad and very and it's going to hurt mostly and especially in Texas. Um, Latinos and and all people of color, Black uh, Americans and Black uh, and uh, Latino children. Uh, we're right now. If you add up the Latino children and the children of the Black children, we make up about seventy-five to eighty percent of the student population. And it is at this time that they're trying to divert funds funds from public education to these private schools and to these vouchers. The, the lack of education regarding vouchers, the lack of education regarding charter schools is killing us. And if we don't start doing something or somehow start educating others, I don't know what's going to happen. I know that right now when we have our children, uh, when these people are making monies on the backs of our children, we know that it, it hurts us considerably and we see that through the exodus of teachers from the teaching profession. And not only teachers, we're short here on bus drivers, uh, we're short on uh, paraprofessionals, we're short on uh, social workers. We don't have anyone wanting to be in the classroom or in the schools anymore, Jesse. So mm -hmm. I think David has done a lot of damage. And where's that money going? We've had a surplus of money, Jesse, in the state of Texas for over a decade. And they have consistently misused and misappropriated that money in my my opinion to benefit their own agendas instead of benefiting the people and the children who are in the classrooms in our public schools right now shame on them shame on them because i just think it's almost like they want to set us up for failure with um children of color that get educated in texas that try to get educated because we're going to have scenes some of these students fall through the cracks because they're not being getting enough investment in them. Uh, we pay, we're like, I think the the average uh, amount to educate a child in the United States is 12,000. And I think Texas ranks, you know, out of the 50 states, like number 38 with just a little over 10,000. So they're underfunding all these students. And it's almost like they want it, they want us to set up for failure by not giving us the right tools, and when I say us, I mean Latinos. Um, so when we leave school, we're not very well versed in civics, may not be able to attain higher education, kind of like setting us up for a life in Texas where you're not gonna be in a position in life where you can take have a job that will let you go vote on on a Tuesday, can I take Tuesday off to go vote so I could be, you know, or know about how civics works, how government works, exactly, uh, how to be an engaged citizen, you know. But what we're seeing, I think, is the hijacking of uh, Latinos in Texas. I think, and in other parts of the country. And when I say that, I mean that there are many Latinos who are now succumbing or or agreeing with Governor Abbott, whether it's because they're part of the Catholic Church and they're anti-abortion, or whether or not they feel that, um, that the, as an elitist, they're going to make more money. We're seeing more of that type of mentality coming from Latinos than we have in the past. In the Valley, as we know, we have a lot of people who are very wealthy who are Latinos. 
are they voting consistently for more progressive measures or are they voting for more conservative measures i i i posit to you jesse that latinos are voting more conservatively and they too are voting for charter schools and vouchers that is a danger that is danger and i see that in 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 uh florida where we have the majority of, of, of people who are of cuban who are cuban cuban uh i think that many people who come to the united states recent immigrants uh and i'm not talking about those who are uh who are crossing the border right now but those people who have the means to come and live in the United States and have beautiful houses in the United States. Those are the people that I think they're out of touch with what's going on with, for example, immigration or our public schools. And so they want to be elite too. They wanna to be part of this uh, money train. And so they're voting in favor of those people who vote against the interests of the general population. I'm so thinking that. If you were to be the head of Texas schools, like you were to run for office when, and or maybe get appointed to run Texas schools, what would be some of the key things that you would fix on day, on on, on your first year? Let's give you a. Well, year. I think the first thing it would be an assessment of the safety in the schools, not like Governor Abbott is doing, but rather put resources, that is money, into the safety of our children and those people who teach our children. I think it's absurd that right now we're not doing that. Uh, they want us to keep doors closed and a, a closed door isn't enough. I think that also I would ensure that this standardized testing is, is eliminated. Standardized testing does not, does not indicate whether a children or a child is going to be successful or happy in their lives. That's no indication of that. Standardized testing is merely another way for some of these money makers to make more money on the backs of our children. Standardized tests take up all of our time. We're testing students day in and day out, and we're not giving them the, the instruction that they need or the social skills that they need or the attention that they need to be able to live happy lives. And uh, and the other thing is, is that I would also uh, require that the this uh, curriculum, this structured curriculum where teachers are told what to teach, when to teach it and how to teach it has got to go. We need to know that we need to teach our children the true history of our nation. And if we are going to pass laws that say, oh, well, let's not talk about the Latinos. Let's not talk about the lynching in South Texas of Latinos and how they were lynched so that we could take, we could take their, their, their land away. Let's not talk about African, let's not talk about Martin Luther King, Cesar Chavez, or anyone like that. Let's not talk about LULAC. That's what they want. It's this isolation and this gaslighting that they're doing with public education. So I would change that totally. And I would certainly change uh, the, um, the director of the Texas Education Agency and Commissioner Morath. He would certainly not be in office. So there are a lot of things that I would do, but those are the top ones. You ran for office uh, this past year. Yes. Would you run again? I'm thinking about it. I think that uh, in this last race, I ran for city council and uh, I, I ran at large. Uh, unfortunately, there were eight to nine candidates. The ones who received it, one of, they were all men and they were all white men. 
And so, and two of them were incumbents, uh, which is really uh, sad because we don't, other than our mayor, uh, we don't have any Latinas on the, uh, on the uh, uh, city council. And we don't have Latinas on the uh, commissioner's court. So we're uh, struggling here as Latinas to have our voices heard. I think that that's why I would run is because I'm not only going to speak up for women, LGBTQIA+, but for our children and our families, because that's where the need is, Jesse, is that we need to uplift our families, make, make sure that they have the best health care, make sure they have be great mental health care, uh, make sure that they have the best education, no holds barred, without any of this political maneuvering that some of these other yahoos are doing, like Governor Abbott and some of his cronies in other states, like in Florida. In the past decade, we've had uh, an open discussion about LGBTQ bullying and raising the awareness of this issue. Has it gotten better in schools where you teach? I don't think so. I, I, think, I think people have become more diverse and inclusive. That is those people who are actually in the trenches. However, with this uh, in Corpus Christi, in the Corpus Christi area, we have a tremendous uh, movement uh, from, from the Mothers of Liberty and other extremist groups who are trying to prohibit the uh, inclusion of specifically LGBTQIA plus children and teachers. As a matter of fact, this group uh, at the national level has put a bounty on teachers' heads of $500. If they believe that teachers are teaching pornography, whatever that is in their definition, or if teachers are, teach, are, are homosexual or LGBTQIA+, then you need to let them know they'll give you $500 and they'll go after that teacher. We've seen that with the banned books here in Corpus Christi. We had this tremendous move to ban books. The teachers' union and others had a protest and these people responded uh, very uh, aggressively. They even shot a bullet in front of my house, uh, Jesse, one night to try and scare me from telling them that they couldn't ban books. The sad part about it is we have people who are in uh, law enforcement, like our sheriff, who support this kind of behavior, who support banned books, who support the banning of LGBTQIA+, as if they can. Uh, uh, in, in our public schools. There's just no way, or anywhere for that matter. I don't know. They're trying to make this. They're whitewashing everything. They're trying to make everything uh, as much as everything as they can in, in making everyone do as they want or their culture. And they're not giving us the opportunity to express ourselves for whomever we are in our authentic self, especially those of us who are, are transgender in the transgender community. That is a very, very difficult um, uh, fight that we have in our on our hands. You know, I've often said, Jesse, look, I'm short, I'm Latina, I'm fat, and I'm LGBTQIA plus. What, 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 how much worse can it get, right? And it is, it is bad. But you know what? We have to fight back. We have to have the courage to fight back because if not us, who's it going to be, Jesse? We're going to die off and our kids are going to be scared or afraid to be who they are. How is that right? How can one even live their lives, even with a sense of pride or happiness, if we are rejected everywhere we go? Uh, I, I believe that uh, this movement, we must transcend this movement. We must get on board in trying to advocate 
vocally and uh, adamantly for LGBTQIA plus rights in our schools, along with critical race theory. Now, now, Jesse, we do not teach critical race theory in K through 12. I have said that over and over again. Well, the last legislative session, they were going to, uh, in Texas, they were passing a critical race theory bill. And I got uh, a few of my uh, friends together who are very interested in uh, in history, and we were able to uh, preserve uh, Cesar Chavez, Martin Luther King, uh, the uh, women's rights, uh, Eleanor Roosevelt, uh, and LULAC in our history books in Corp in, in Texas. So we were, and, and I have to say that that came directly from Corpus Christi. But at this time, when we have these crazy people, and they are crazy, uh, and some of them are retired teachers. I, I saw at the protest, I saw one of them carrying a sign, no porno in our schools. And I said, how, well, how would you say that there is porno in the schools? That I'm a teacher, I know. I said, you were a teacher and you taught porno? Because <laughs> I don't know of any, and I represent teachers, right? Yes, yes. I know the cases that are coming in. No, uh, they're just crazy. They're it's, nuts. It's, I, with all those figures that you protected in your books, American history, they were American history. And American Why are they in history. denial, Jesse? I don't get it. It's just not white history. It's history where Eleanor Roosevelt was able to do great things after her, first, when she was first lady. Right. So did wonders for the farm workers and even our health. Stuff that he did improved the way we eat food today. <laughs> exactly. But Jesse, you know what? If I go before, I've done this about three or four times already in Corpus yes. Christi. If I go before a group of students, whether they be high school or, or uh, in college, and I said, because that's how I explain unions, right? Or what the world, yeah. they don't know who Cesar Chavez is. Yes, they yes. don't know who Cesar Chavez is. Jesse. When, I, when I was in Dallas and we were trying to rename a downtown street for Cesar Chavez, and this was in the middle of, um, in, in the 2000s, the aughts, um, it was a battle. People said the worst things about him, said that he was a communist, he literally was born in Arizona and fought in World War II. He actually has a ship named after him. But those are the loudest voices, the trolls. Yeah. yeah. will try to redefine and try to gaslight you and try to say you're less than. And the person that you admire doesn't deserve all these recognitions and doesn't deserve to be in a history book. And what's so sad is that Texas, because it's the largest, one of the largest states, their school books tend to be carried by other states who have to reprint, right. who have to reprint or use that same type of book because they'll lump lump in with Texas to save some money and they'll whatever Texas decides That's right. their schools are going to be using also you know in the little states around Texas and so when we change something in our text it changes throughout the region. Right. So it's so important to see what we're able to fight for to keep in these books because we're just going to, you know, erase history. Yes, and let's not yeah, and let's not be short-sighted. We need to educate ourselves on everything. If we're going to say, for example, I had somebody say to me, well, Cesar Chavez was against immigrants coming from and, and taking farm worker jobs, so he would be, he. we can't. So I said, wait a minute. 
I said the United Farm Workers, and I'm sure Cesar Chavez would have shifted now with these times. In fact, Dolores Huerta has shifted, and so has the United Farm Workers of America. So stop. Stop. Cesar Chavez is someone who fought for families and children and for people not to be maimed or, or, or for children not to be deformed because of the pesticides. My God, how wonderful and beautiful is that? Did he, was he afraid of, of more immigrants coming in and taking over jobs? Yes, because back then. They were the 19- pitted against each other. Yes, yes, that was the thing. They were pitted against each other because those people who were, uh, running the uh, orchards and stuff would bring them from Mexico. And of course there would be a clash because the people here didn't have, wouldn't get any jobs. It's different now. No one wants to work in the fields here. We have a lot of uh, citrus and agriculture and stuff like that going on here. But it's, always been like, it's been like that where they pit minority communities against sure. minority communities. That's the Texas way. That's how they won races. They just pit community versus community and see them cancel each other out. Um, so it's important to keep people like you to keep them in check. Now, what I want to talk to you next is, what's your advice for future teachers who are thinking about joining the profession? Well, I think, first of all, they need to join the union. But I would say that they need to learn how to take care of themselves, whether that be physically or mentally. Jesse, more than ever, I've had more teachers come to me who have had nervous breakdowns, panic attacks, all sorts of issues because of the inordinate amount of pressure that they receive as teachers. If you're going to be a teacher, you need to speak up and speak out and know that Now that we have a shortage of teachers, you as a teacher have power to speak up and speak out for your students. If you're in the classroom and you're teaching something that the students really you don't think are are grasping or you don't think they should be taught, then you've got to learn to speak up without fear. Because right now, what are they going to do? Fire you? They don't have enough teachers. We have to be bold, courageous, and confident and know that we have to teach our our children, the truth. So I would say, be sure in what you do, be good in what you do, be the best possible person you can be, take advice, join teachers, the teacher union, but most importantly, make sure that your children are learning accurate history and that your children are learning because of you and that you care. All we need is that love and that care. And that's an interesting thing, Jesse, because in our research, in our work with teachers, the one thing that we found, the most important thing of all, you know, you would think it would be something academic or something like it's love. You have to love the children. And if you don't have that love or you don't exude that love to the children by the work that you do. Uh, by them from the moment that you walk out of your house to the time you come back, you know, students see you at the grocery store. How are you acting and for how are you being a role model for those children? What are you posting on Facebook, for God's sakes, on TikTok, on Instagram? Are you being a role model? And that's what I would tell teachers. 
be the best you can be and be that publicly, be that openly, be that outspokenly. I guess you can say that's a word. I don't know. Be, be Be who you are because inevitably there is a student out there who needs your love who needs your 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 help who has nowhere else to turn but they can turn to you so that's what i can tell a teacher why should families keep public schools around public schools are bedrock of inclusion that's public schools public schools teach every child regardless of background regardless of faith regardless of of um, economic background, regardless of gender, uh, regardless of anything, public special education, every child has the opportunity to learn in a public school. Whereas in other schools, these private schools or these voucher schools, it's nothing but exclusion. They'll exclude maybe special education students, They'll exclude Latinos or other people of color. They'll exclude someone who is not behaving the way that they think they should behave. Um, it's exclu- Charter schools equate to exclusion. Vouchers equate to exclusion. In public schools, we are inclusion. We include everybody. And that is the beauty of public education in the United States. What do you want? Uh, where can people learn more about you, the union, and how to support your your endeavors? Well, uh, we're always, you can do a Google search, of course, as always, and you, my name will pop up, Dr. Nancy Vetta, or you can see, find us on Facebook, the Corpus Christi American Federation of Teachers, or our state group, the Texas AFT, or the National AFT. And also you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. I don't know our handles, but you just do a search for Nancy Aveta, AFT, and I'll pop up, we'll pop up. We'll pop up. up. Thank you so much. Uh, You've always been a great speaker. I've seen you at conferences and I love how you just take over a room and you just, you just had that knack of bringing so much joy to the room with your, with your speeches and so much, uh, so like you, you, Give people hope. You give people hope. And I want to thank you for the patience. When I'm with kids, I can barely hold on attention to one or two. But I know. To, to be a teacher and have a room for the 30 kids. And I'm not lying because in Texas, they pack those classrooms. They sure do. They, the fact that y'all are able to have all that patience and to deal with 30 individual voices going every which way. Um I, I love my teachers. I will always love my teachers. My high school friends that I've graduated with, a good percentage of them work in teaching. So I hold this career. I mean, this is, if you weren't, there would be no nuclear physicists, no astronauts, no presidents, if it weren't for a teacher. So I just want to say thank you so, so much, Dr. Nancy Veda, for well, fighting for public education. Well, Jesse, this is what it's all about. It's like Mother Teresa says. What else is there but doing for others? And in education, in public education, that's what we're doing is doing for others. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, what you think, how you think. We'll teach you. 
because we love you. And that's the one thing the teachers are so passionate about, not only with respect and dignity, they carry on, they carry on and they carry on. But um, so we have to, yes, continue in our fight to advocate for everyone, no matter who they are, where they're from. Uh, and I hope that Jesse, thank you. I hope that uh, you uh, will support our endeavors, whether it's it'll be it's on immigration, uh, and whether it's on um, on uh, civil rights, uh, whether it's be human rights, uh, and uh, all of those things, and education. I know Jesse that we can count on you. So thank you so much for your advocacy, Seth. Thank you so much for your voice. I appreciate you having me on today. I really do. Thank you. Love you, Justin.